All right, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Section 105 Game Day. I am your host, Evan Yost, and with me I have co-host Davis Jackson. Hello everyone. All right, so main topics on the agenda for today is that we have a lot of new sports uh, starting to restart again. Uh, So the first sport that we're going to start with is the NBA. The NBA has officially told the uh, the NBPA, the National Basketball uh, Players Association, that it will present a 22-team plan for restarting the season to the league's board of governors on Thursday, a person with knowledge of the situation said. The team that will be going to the ESPN, the the teams will be going to the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex on the Disney uh, Walt Disney World campus near Orlando, Florida, and will play eight games to determine playoff seating starting around July 31st before the postseason begins. Yeah, the 22 teams in the Western Conference will be the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Thunder, the um, Mavs, and the Grizzlies. As well, those are the teams that are the eight uh, that would be in the playoffs if the playoffs started right now. And then they're also adding six other teams to battle out for uh, a playoff spot in the West. They're adding the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns. And the East top eight seeds are the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, the 76ers, the Nets, and the Magic. And the team, the additional team that they're bringing is the Washington Wizards. Um, Davis Bertans of the Wizards announced that he will not be playing uh, in Disney at Disney World, and so did Trevor Ariza. They will both sit out, as well as Mavericks uh, guard Courtney Lee, who will miss the whole uh, restart with a calf injury. And for me, I'm really looking forward to this restart. Uh, Basketball is probably my favorite sport, uh, definitely, to play, Uh, although I do really love football, specifically college football. Um, But I'm really looking forward to the battle for the eight seed in the West uh, with the Grizzlies, who are currently – the eight seed, led by a strong young core with Ja Morant, who's one of the, my favorite players in the league, as well as Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, and Dylan Brooks. They have the eight seed right now, but they'll be battling with the Trailblazers, who obviously have all-NBA point guard Damian Lillard, who in my opinion is a top three point guard in the league, uh, as well as CJ McCollum and Hassan Whiteside. The Pelicans have another star rookie in Zion Williamson, as well as all-star Brandon Ingram. Lonzo Ball and uh, is and Drew Holiday. Ingram's the only All Star on that team, but he's still a really good player. Uh, the Kings, uh, they don't really, I don't really think they'll be able to contend as well as the other teams. They have a pretty strong young core with De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, and Buddy Heald. And then the Spurs, I'm I'm a Spurs fan. They've had they've reached the playoffs the last 22 years, and now they have a chance to make that 23. The big thing for them is. LaMarcus Aldridge will be missing as he had a surgery during the time off and he will not be able to play in this restart. And then the Suns have Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, but I really don't think they'll be a contender, but I'm really looking forward to the battle for that eight seed in the West. Yes, I agree. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Talking about placing for seeding, the – Teams are actually divided into three ho- uh, hotel resorts at Disney World. Um, they are determined by seating. However, I will soon tell you how I feel about them. Uh, in the first one, supposedly the best hotel where they, the top uh, eight seeds are is uh, the Grand Destino. This is a new hotel, hotel resort. Uh, having been to Disney World a few times, I've never stayed here because it's the newest Um Personally, just because I haven't stayed there, it's, the, it's my last choice of the three. Um, but supposedly the nicest uh, the people staying there will be the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat. Um, the next hotel is the Grand Floridian. I have not stayed here, but I have been in the rooms and lobby. It is it's pretty nice. It's my second choice. Um, and the teams staying here are the Thunder, 76ers, um, pocket uh, Rockets, my bad. Uh, Pacers, Mavericks, Nets, Grizzlies, and Magic. Uh, and the final uh, uh, cl- uh, resort that, they, that the teams will be staying at is the Yacht Club. I have stayed here the most times that I have been to Walt Disney World, 
The rooms are very nice. The lobby is cool. It's a whole nautical themed. Uh, highly recommend it for anyone who's actually going there, especially if you're traveling with a pet. But anyways, um, tra- the that the people staying there will be the Trailblazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, and Wizards. Got a little travel agent information in there. But <laughs> I agree with you. I, I haven't stayed in any few of those hotels. Uh, but you would think Yacht Club would be probably the nicest just because of the word yacht. <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty nice. So, all right, moving on. Now we got some other sports starting up. As you uh, as last month, the, the sports were starting to start up. Soccer, uh, soccer in all parts of in- Europe has uh, opened. Uh, England, France, Italy uh, opened up in Germany the earliest. So, uh, any soccer fans out there, you really are enjoying this now. So, uh, next we got baseball. Uh, after a lot, and I mean a lot of drama with the MLBPA, which is the Major League Baseball Players Association, and the board of of the MLB. All MLB owners have rejected a 70-game season proposal by the MLBPA and are proceeding with a 60-game season starting towards the end of July with facilities opening for training on July 1st. Yeah, 60-game season is really different because usually it's a 162-game season for the MLB. So they're basically chopping off 100 games from the regular season. But they're also having an expanded playoffs. So uh, that means it'll probably end up ending about around the same time that a, usual, that a usual season ends because of the expanded playoffs. And they're also having a universal designated hitter. Usually the designated hitter is just for the American League, and the National League has pitchers back. But uh, now it looks like they're going to have uh, – the entire league will have – uh, designated hitter uh, spot. So that's a little different for the National League, not very different for the American League. Okay. Uh, and now after baseball, we got both football, NFL, and college. Both are still suspected, suspected to play on time. Ohio, Ohio governor says if the Steelers meet the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game at the beginning of August, it will likely be without fans. Now, just because this game is it will most likely be without fans does not mean that the fans will be uh, outside of the stadium for the entire season. But it looks like it might be uh, might be like fully uh, with, uh, without fans for the entire season uh, with a suspected w- second wave of COVID nineteen coming in the winter. Uh, we all pray that that does not happen. But if by some chance it does, they don't want to take any chances. Yeah, and about that Hall of Fame game, the Steelers' Cam Hayward said that the Hall of Fame game is probably out. Here's a quote by him. He said, quote, we talk, about so, we talk so much about safety. Why would we want to expose two teams to an extra game a week early, end quote. So basically he's saying that they're probably not going to have it because if you're talking about safety, why would you have less safety by exposing a team a week earlier than every other team as a Cowboys fan? If they have to chop off the Hall of Fame game, I'm, I really don't care. Preseason isn't that great eve anyways. I mean, I'll watch it, but it's not my favorite uh, because it's not the regular season. And so I wouldn't really care if they cut off the Hall of Fame game because, A, that means more safety for the players. B, there's really no need to watch preseason other than to get like a feel for the backup players and have players – who the team knows that they can keep or cut. And then, like you said, with the extra wave, actually right now they're having an extra wave, as a few states have reported their uh, state high for COVID cases uh, in the last week. And uh, multiple players have caught COVID, uh, as we'll talk about that in the next few minutes. And so right now, with the way it's going, if it doesn't get better, I don't know if we'll be able to have football in the fall, although I would be really disappointed, really sad, and, might, and would definitely not like it. Right now, I don't think the way we're going, I don't know if we'll be able to have football come football season. Right. Um, well, on a brighter side, college football facilities are open. They opened on June uh, 15th. Players are training and still committing. And it looks like a good season is on its way and highly anticipated if everything holds up with the COVID cases. Yep. 
All right. So next we got some some news in all sorts of uh, sports. So we're, we'll start out with the NFL, uh, starting with some new COVID cases. Worst part of the segment for us, you guys. But unfortunately, this has happened. Zeke uh, has caught the coronavirus. Agent says he is doing well. All pro athletes, however, are healthy and should not be harmed by this coronavirus if they end up getting it. Other players that have gotten it were uh, Chris Harrison, uh, Broncos safety, uh, 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 Von Miller, Broncos linebacker, uh, but he was a while back and has fully recovered, and many others on the Cowboys and all others' teams. Um, Also, uh, the commissioner advises players not to work out together, which a lot of people haven't been following, but also doesn't seem realistic because everyone has to practice throwing balls to each other uh in in practice and they need spotters and stuff for weightlifting and stuff so i don't see how they can actually go without uh working out together but i don't know yeah hopefully all the players who have it and all just all the people in general who have it will be able to be healed from covid and that the amount of people catching it will be able to go down and hoping zeke uh is able to be healed and come back to normal for the cowboys if we have football because we need him at full strength as Cowboys looking like a pretty solid contender as of right now. And like you said, the commissioner advising players not to work out. I think actually Brady, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski actually worked out together today, but you would think Tom Brady would be probably the most uh, susceptible because of how old he is. But, uh, yeah, I don't – like you said, it's kind of unrealistic if players better. For for basketball, you could probably do it by yourself. Uh, I I train my workout by myself for basketball, but for football, it's a lot harder to do. Other unless you're doing like cornerback drills where you can just backpedal, hit flip. You don't have to really catch the football for that tackling drills. You could just get like a dummy if you have one and tackle it. But for like quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, running backs. It's a lot harder to train uh, without someone there helping you. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, another bit of news is that backup Eagles tight end Dallas Godert was knocked unconscious by uh, a punch in a store. Police have arrested the man they believe is responsible for this action. Um, one more thing we have to worry about again on with everything with coronavirus is that it's easy to go stir crazy um whenever whenever you're not actually doing normal stuff um and so it's a shame that people would act this way but it's just something another thing but um but the police do think that they have arrested the man who uh has punched him but just watch out guys yeah reports say that it was unprovoked uh that he just came and punched him but i also heard that he was in an argument with some guy and then another guy came and hit him but also reports say that goder is doing fine which is good to hear <laughs> and to be honest with you whenever i first saw this headline i kind of laughed a bit because i you would think a big tight end in the nfl would be able to defend himself from being punched from a guy who's not in the nfl but probably got blindsided or something didn't know it was coming could have been a Pretty solid punch, too. But yeah. good to hear he's doing fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next bit of news that we got is some updates and trade news and free agency. Uh, now, everyone should know where I'm going with this is Jamal Adams. The big question around who, where he's going. Uh, people have a lot of places where he's going. He has uh, requested a trade uh, and is wanting – to go and he has released seven places where he where he is willing to go that consists of the Cowboys, Texans, Ravens, Seahawks, 49ers, Chiefs or Eagles. So with that being said, let's break down some of these teams uh that he wants to go to. So first in first in line were the Eagles. They are desperate for a safety However, they are not big contenders for the Super Bowl with the Cowboys in their division. They could be contenders. However, the Cowboys have gotten better players in this offseason and have ha- and have had a better draft than they have with the Eagles making the dumb move and drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round. But um, so 
that's just one. Uh, so the Eagles aren't really big contenders, and Jamal Adams really wants to go to some place where he can get a ring, considering he was at the Jets the last place. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I th- honestly think the Eagles would be a great fit for Adams. Uh, he would pretty much step up immediately and be kind of the leader in that secondary, as well as Darius Slay, who just got traded to the Eagles from the Lions. And beyond not super, super high up on contenders, but the pretty solid contenders. Carson Wentz is quarterback. As long as he could stay healthy, he's really solid. Uh, and then adding Jamal Adams would just add an extra layer and help the Eagles to be even better, possibly uh, win the NFC East and maybe make another run deep into the playoffs like they did a few years ago. Yeah. Um, again, with the Cowboys in their division, it can be hard, but um, we'll see if we end up having football in the fall. Uh, the next place that Jamal Adams uh, wanted to go is the Texans. The Texans are in need for a safety ever since they traded away Tyron Matthew. However, they are contenders, but not as big as these next five uh, that we'll go over. Um, but, yeah, so what do you think about that? Yeah, they need a safety as well. Uh but he would really boost their defense, which is ranked 20th in the league by pro football focus. Um, and, yeah, I just think that with them trading away DeAndre Hopkins, you, they could have more cap space for whenever – well, right now Adams is still on his rookie deal. But in a few years, if he, if, he goes to the, uh, if he goes to the Texans, in a few years whenever his rookie contract expires – they won't have as much money to pay because they won't have be paying DeAndre Hopkins anymore. I still think that the move trading Hopkins is absolutely ridiculous, and I would much rather have Hopkins on my team than Adams, but it could be for this reason. They could have known that this was coming and tried to prepare for it earlier. But like I said, I think it would really boost their defense because 20th in the league out of 32 teams is not very good to and adding a elite player, all pro, in Jamal Adams would probably get him into the top 15 for defenses like they were a few years ago with J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney, and now without Clowney, um, but adding in a solid uh, all pro in Jamal Adams would really help boost that defense. All right. Um, so the next team now that we're going to cover that Jamal Adams wanted to go to was the Seahawks. Uh, now they are not in need of a safety at all. Uh, their safeties might be getting a little older. However, they're not in need. They have Quandre Diggs and Bradley McDougald. Um, but they are obvious contenders uh, whenever they have their on and off seasons like they have been for the past few years. But the Seahawks are, are obvious contenders for the, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I think that putting him with Diggs and Bradley McDougald would actually really be would actually benefit them more because now you have three guys who can be starters on the uh who would be starters on the majority of teams. Diggs who is a Texas alum, really really good defensive back, McDougald is a really good defensive back and then you have all pro Jalen Jamal Adams. Uh, adding him in to that safety core would just boost their level uh, defensively by a very big amount and kind of go back not fully to the Legion of Boom days, but really help them to get back to a top-tier defense like they were in that, in those years where they made two back-to-back runs to the Super Bowl. All right, next we got the Ravens. Uh, now, they have Earl Thomas, who is an elite safety. Um, and, I mean, they don't have the other safety uh, isn't really big, so they could possibly get him. But, again, with the Ravens already – they're all already with the Ravens team, it kind of be, like, almost un- considered unfair, and I'll come back to this uh, later. Um, but they are obviously huge contenders with Lamar Jackson um, – Mark Ingram, uh, I mean, he's old, older, but they drafted a uh, running back in the draft. 
so they're obviously huge contenders already with a huge uh, defense as well. Yeah, uh, like you said, they do have Earl Thomas, but Thomas is a free safety and Adams is a strong safety, which means they, yeah, they're both safeties, but they play different safety positions, so they could both be on the field at the same time. So you're basically putting two all-pro safeties on the field at the same time. You Not basically, you are putting two all-pro safeties on the field at the same time if they make this trade, which the Ravens' weakness last year was probably their defense, uh, although their defense is really good. And, yes, their offense kind of sputtered in the playoffs, but improving that defense can help, can even help the offense because if the offense isn't producing but the defense is standing strong, all you need is a touchdown or two, and you can win games because of your defense. So adding two, adding another safety to an already very elite safety uh, in Earl Thomas would really, really help uh, the Ravens and push them over the hump to be one of the fav- again one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. All right, and next we have uh, the 49ers. Uh, obviously, they're huge contenders with going to the Super Bowl last year, and they are in need for a safety, so they could end up getting him. And realistically, they haven't made too many big moves in, in the uh, offseason so far, so they could end up getting him. He's one of the they're, – they're one of the top teams that – He's been talking about going to, um, so they could very well get Jamal Adams and really beef up their defense and possibly come back for a second wave next year and take out the Chiefs or whoever they play in the Super Bowl uh, with getting Adams. Yeah, the 49ers, uh, again, according to Pro Football Focus, have the number two defense in the NFL, and there are obviously they're already Super Bowl contenders, is like you said. They lost the Super Bowl last year, pretty much returned all their players, came back, didn't leave in free agency. Uh, and adding Adams will help strengthen the already top two defense. And whenever they're pre- facing high-profile quarterbacks like Pat- Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill torched the 49ers secondary. And that's kind of how the Chiefs were able to win the game. When they were losing, it was Mahomes to Hill, Mahomes to the – Chiefs elite wide receivers to help them come back and win the game. Adding Jamal Adams can help prevent the deep balls that the Chiefs love to throw to Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes' arm. That can help prevent that adding an all-pro safety, which could possibly make the difference between them winning and losing a Super Bowl. All right, and speaking of the Chiefs, uh, next we have the Chiefs, <laughs> um, uh, where Jamal Adams could land. Now, they also they have Tyron Matthew, uh, so they're not necessarily in need. They already have a really good – they already have a pretty good defense. They lost some players, uh, like, in the past two years. Um, but, and again, they're obviously huge containers concerned. They won the Super Bowl last year with the elite offense with Mahomes, Watkins, Hill, um, Hardman, and all their other players that they have, and now also getting – uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, they they have a really solid team and are looking like they could go back to the Super Bowl this next year. Um, so if they – I mean, they could possibly get Jamal Adams, but not likely. Yeah, um, kind of like – if this happens, it would kind of be like the old saying, the rich get richer, you know. And similar to the Ravens adding uh, an all-pro safety to an already elite safety group uh, with Tyron Matthew back there would just – help the already Super Bowl champions become even better and become even stronger because now the Chiefs have a target on their back and people are gunning for them, wanting to dethrone them. Like with every uh, champion, if they can add to their team, with especially that defense, because their offense is amazing, adding to that defense can really help them to repeat as champions. And Jamal Adams would definitely help do that. All right, uh, now moving on to the most likely uh, spot where Jamal Adams will land, and I know me and Davis, we both like, we both love this, is the Cowboys. They are somewhat in need of a safety. Um, they did get HaHa Clinton-Dix in the offseason. However, he is old uh, getting up there, so where we would need a safety, and he would obviously start in front of any of our safeties, is it Woods or uh, Clinton-Dix. Um they will most likely end up getting Adams. They've been doing trade talks over the past like month or so. Um, 
Adam says actually released to the press that he is trying to get to the Cowboys. When he was asked about his situation with the Cowboys, he just responded, I'm trying. Uh, so what do you think about that? And obviously, real quick, uh, the Cowboys are huge contenders after their draft and offseason moves already. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, the Cowboys' biggest need is their secondary, cornerback, safeties. They're set on the offensive side of the ball. They're set on the line and with the linebackers. The big question mark for me is the secondary. And if they could get Adams, that would really help beef up that secondary. The only problem with that is the Jets have been asking for a first-round pick, which the Cowboys have offered, but the Jets have also been asking for Michael Gallup, who is an elite receiver for the Cowboys, and the Cowboys don't want to give up Gallup. And if they do end up getting Adams, like I said earlier, he's still on his rookie deal. But after a few years, if his rookie deal, when his rookie deal expires, they'll have to pay Dak, they'll have to pay Zeke, they'll have to pay Adams, they'll have to pay uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. When all those guys' rookie contract expires, they're going to have to pay those guys big money. So that's the only problem with me is, A, having to possibly give up Gallup, which I think that keeping Gallup is the better move than getting Adams because wide receiver, to me, is way more valuable than safety. And also, future cap space could be a problem with that, but honestly – Cap space isn't as big a deal right now. It may be in the future, but not right now. So I think this move has its pluses and it has its minuses. But I think that if he comes to the Cowboys, that could possibly put them into the Super Bowl. Yeah, like you said, uh, we don't we we really don't want to get uh, the Cowboys don't really don't want to give up uh, Michael Gallup because loading Dak with the most uh, assets you can is key. Uh, right now, you have we have a really young uh, like crew for uh, assets. We have Blake Jarwin, we have Mark Cooper, uh, uh, we got C. Lamb and Michael Gallup. We don't want to give any of those guys up uh, to poss- uh, to possibly lose assets for Dak. So I don't see that happening. And like you said, I would rather keep Michael Gallup than get Adams. But if we could somehow get uh, keep Gallup and get Adams, that would be key for the Cowboys. Uh, okay, so moving on to the next player that we have to talk about is uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, Josh Gordon uh, issued a uh, letter for reinstatement and is uh, most likely going to get it approved. Uh, he will probably be back in the league, and we have some uh, top. We have top five places that he could possibly go, um, starting with the Bucks. Now, this would be extremely good for Tom Brady having already Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Rob Gronkowski on their team, if they could also add Josh Gordon, the Bucks would already like be set. They already have an amazing team. It will be really fun to watch them. Uh, but I'm not – because, again, I'm not sure if that's enough to get them to the Super Bowl. On paper it is, but let's, we don't know actually how it's going to turn out on the, on the gridiron. But what do you think about that? Yeah, like you said, on paper it would be the dream uh, – the dream, like, dream team, dream wide receiving core, uh, to have two all pros in Evans and Godwin, as well as a guy who a few years ago was an all pro. He's been in and out of the league because of uh, drug issues, but now that the NFL is allowing the use of uh, marijuana, which is what Gordon has been in trouble for, he's probably going to be able to stay in the league for more than a year, for more than an off season, and. If he goes to the Bucks, that's just like surrounding Dak with assets. You want to surround Tom Brady, who's getting old, who's getting up there in age, who's probably close to retiring. Uh, you want to surround him with assets as much as you can to help him win because it's not like his days with the Patriots. His days with the Patriots, he didn't need as much assets. Now that he's older, he probably needs a little more weapons to get the ball to. And Josh Gordon, having three guys, it's kind of like the Cowboys with Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. Having three guys who could be wide receiver ones would just improve that team and make them even better than they already are on paper. All right. Uh, next, we got uh, the Giants. And this would also be really good considering they already have a huge uh, young, like, assets for uh, already a young quarterback, Daniel uh, Jones. 
And Daniel Jones has uh, proved that he can do pretty good. However, he still needs a bit more experience. Um, but this would be a huge ad for them to add more depth to the receiving position with because they already have Darius Slayton, who turned out to be really good last year. Uh, also, Sterling Shepard. And even if, even if you want to go with just normal assets anyways, they also have Evan Ingram, who, without injuries, would be in a league. Tight end. Uh, adding Josh Gordon to that would give a young quarterback huge assets that he could do amazing things with and could possibly end up putting the Giants back into uh, contention. Yeah, not to mention they also have Golden Tate at that wide receiver position. So... Yeah, well, oh, it's right, not yeah. the it's not the most elite wide receiver group in the NFL. It's still pretty pretty good with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, who are both young. Golden Tate, who's getting older, but he's a pretty he's proven that he's a good receiver. Uh, Evan Ingram, who's one of the best young tight ends in the league, and obviously Saquon Barkley, the running back, who can who's very very good catching passes out of the backfield. Adding a uh, Josh Gordon to that would just help put more, again, put more assets around a young quarterback, Daniel Jones, who, in my opinion, I think Daniel Jones has great potential and could possibly be one of the top five quarterbacks in the league when he gets older. All right. The next team is the Redskins. Uh, Now, this would be really good for Dwayne Haskins uh, being promoted to the starter uh, early last season, uh, or the season before, my bad, uh, sorry, uh, to – have McLaurin and uh, Terry McLaurin and Josh Gordon and Jordan Reed as three pretty big assets and young assets. Uh, um, Gordon's older than Reed and McLaurin, but still, those would be really good assets for a younger quarterback and just a young, uh, just a younger team overall. Yeah, uh, Jordan Reed actually left the uh, Redskins. They cut him. Earlier this a few earlier this year, but the only, Redskins' only weapon is Terry McLaurin. That's it, pretty much for them. I mean, they have Adrian Peterson, but he's a running back, and he's again getting up there in age. And when you have a young quarterback, second-year quarterback like Dwayne Haskins, and you have one weapon, you're basically setting up for setting him up for failure, unless he is a very very good player. And right now, I don't know if he's got that potential to be uh, – Got I don't know if he's good enough to do something out of nothing. So adding Josh Gordon would give him two weapons, uh, McLaurin and uh, Gordon, and would help to the uh, growth of Dwayne Haskins to very much improve and would really help the Redskins for the future. All right, the next team that Gordon might go to is the Patriots. Um, and he, I believe he was there before he got suspended again. Um, and the Patriots now are already falling apart after losing um, Tom Brady, really. That was their main one. And then our, just like almost like the slap in the face was Rob McCaskill coming out of retirement to go to the Bucks. Um so they're already falling apart, and I know non-Patriots fans, including me and you, are kind of loving this because right now, if the season were to start, it would their starter would be Stidham or Hoyer. Most likely Stidham, but still. Um, or if they possibly got him later on, which the more and more they wait, the more and more unlikely it seems that they'll get Cam Newton. But they could get him, and even if they were to get him, they would only have Edelman, who is old, and Gordon. So I don't think Gordon would really like that concern. He would want to – all players want to be in a spot where they can get into contention. And so especially whenever it's someone coming into the league like this uh, and not being drafted again, it would want they would want somewhere where they could get a ring or something like that, just like Adams. He's After being on the Jets for so long, he wants to go somewhere where he can get a ring and go to like the Chiefs, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Ravens, stuff like that. that can, there's where he can get his ring. Yeah, but uh, pairing Julian Edelman, who's an over 1,000-yard receiver, um, Nikhil Harry, who was a rookie last year, didn't really produce very well, but still has some potential. Uh, pairing those two guys, as well as Josh Gordon, would really help for whoever takes the reins at quarterback. Like you said, probably Stidham, uh, Jarrett Stidham. Uh, that would really help to have 
two guys for sure who have proven to be solid players. Again, Josh Gordon kind of has to prove himself again because of how long he's been out of the league. But putting two guys who have the potential to be top tier or not not elite, but definitely solid receivers would really, really help the improvement of whoever takes the reins at that quarterback position. All right, and then the next uh, t- the next team that uh, could possibly get him is the Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks have had a little bit of trouble with the wide receiving part, and this could actually be really good for them um, with having Lockett and uh, Gordon because uh, they had Gordon before he got suspended, but then he uh, got suspended and left and then I think came back on the Patriots got, and then got suspended again, or he might have just gone from the Seahawks to the uh, Patriots. I can't remember uh, exactly, but – Still, I really don't think he'd be going back to the Seahawks. I find it unlikely that he would go to the Patriots or the Seahawks. I find it more likely that he would go to the Redskins, Giants, or Bucks, um, putting possibly those teams in contention with uh, with uh, him going there. So, but I feel like that's those are probably the top three places where he would go. I honestly, I honestly feel like the Seahawks would be the best fit for him because he doesn't have to step in and be the main guy because the Seahawks already have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Now he can step in and be the third option and have an elite quarterback in Russell Wilson. Getting the ball to those three guys helps him to not have to take as big a role coming straight from uh, being out of the league and also can help the Seahawks because putting those three guys on the field with Russell Wilson gives the Seahawks a dangerous offense as well as running back Chris Carson in the backfield. That's a dangerous offense for the Seahawks, who are already solid contenders and already have a pretty good chance at making a a deep run into the playoffs and possibly making it all the way to the Super Bowl. All right, so now the next player uh, with uh, some free agency slash uh, trades is David Jadavian Clowney. He is still available, and – Davis, right here on my notes, I have Davian Clowney still available, available in all caps, uh, four exclamation marks. I don't understand how he's still available. I don't understand how someone had come to swoop him up. Seahawks haven't resigned him or anything. Because and and, spe- and speaking of Seahawks resigning him, he uh, that's the first per- uh, team that I have that could possibly get him. The Seahawks could re- get uh, could resign him. But I feel like most likely he won't. They won't. Most likely, I feel like he's probably going to end up going to the Colts for Giants. But I'll t- we'll, we can talk about more of those more in a little bit. Yeah, uh, Clowney. We he again. He's a very very good um, defensive end. Very good for the Texans whenever he played for them, and uh, he was pretty good for the Seahawks this uh, past season. But uh, we already know how he fits with the Seahawks. We saw it this past season. And, uh, again, like you said, they probably won't re-sign him now because if they haven't re-signed him yet, why would they re-sign him now? Uh, And I'm thinking probably the reason why he hasn't signed with anyone yet, he might be asking too much uh, for too much money and people don't value him as much as he thinks they might. And that could be a reason why. But I think if the Seahawks haven't re-signed him yet, probably won't end up going there. Right. All right. The next uh, team that he could go is the Colts. Uh, this would be a good landing spot for the Colts and possibly for Jadavion Clowney. However, the Colts have very little contention. They were really good a while back whenever they had um, Andrew Luck, rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> but um, they uh, – were really good then, and then they got Jacoby Brissett, and I, it's almost Jacoby Brissett's a pretty good quarterback. However, I, I don't think he was expecting to go into that role immediately, and that's why they kind of fell apart then. And so, with this, then uh, with, with, with this uh, helping their defense, this could be a really good potential for the Colts. So that's why I think that he could possibly go to the Colts, even though they have little contention. Yeah, I think he would be a good fit for the Colts because the Colts probably about middle of the pack of defenses in the NFL. They're led by Darius Leonard, who is a very, very good young linebacker, uh, edge rusher. And um, adding Clowney, who's also an edge rusher, but he's more of a down lineman than a than a linebacker slash edge rusher. He would really help beef up 
that defense and help them get a little more towards the top of the pack than in the middle of the pack. All right. Now the next uh, place that he that Clowney could land is the Eagles. Now this would be a good landing spot, but again, with the Cowboys in um, their in their division, possibly with a little contention. However, if the Eagles were somehow able, without going over the salary cap, to to add Jamal Adams and uh, Jadavian Clowney, this would really be huge for their defense. And like you said already, with like Carson Wentz and uh, with uh, a good with a good offense already and a pretty young offense uh they could really beef up their team and could possibly put themselves in contention and if everything we've been talking about kind of happens and uh then the, the nfc east could actually just be a really good uh, division just to watch in general with to see who actually ends up in the playoffs in that divi- in that division yeah the eagles have a pretty good defense already in adding uh Adding Clowney to that would really, really help them to get even better than they already are and maybe return to that form that they were a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They had a really good defense. And adding Clowney would really help them get back towards having, again, a really good defense. And like you said, that NFC East would be very interesting if they add just Clowney. But if they're somehow able to get Clowney and Jamal Adams, that would make the NFC East probably one of the top divisions in the league is right now it's one of the it, right now it's mediocre probably not very probably one of the worst in the league uh as of last because of last season but adding Clowney and Adams to that division with the people that Cowboys have added as well would really help uh that at least those two teams to have a great uh an interesting battle for the playoff spot for the automatic playoff bid all right uh, now, the next place that uh, Jadamian Clowney could land is the Giants, also in the NFC East. Uh, the Giants, this would be a huge, this would be a really great spot, both for, the, for, both for Clowney and the Giants. Uh, like I talked about earlier, if the Giants could also get Josh Gordon, which wouldn't be a huge salary cap hit, and uh, also Jadavian Clowney, this would be, look, be, be looking really good for the Giants because they're already looking good at young starters and a beefed-up secondary, and this could really add the Giants' impact like I said before, even if they got Jadamian Clowney, put themselves back into contention with a really young team. And for sure in a few years, they're going to be, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think in a few years. Yeah. Uh, the Giants, they have a pretty decent defense. Uh, they're not actually, they're not very great. They're not awful, but they're not great either. Um, they have Leonard Williams, who's a young, uh, We really hope to beef up that defense even more. And uh, he would be a good fit to help them improve because right now the Giants are still kind of in rebuild mode, getting young players, adding uh, more of a veteran. And Clowney would help them to improve and to have that leadership of an older player uh, on the defensive line. Yeah. All right. So the next uh, team that could po- that could possibly get uh, Clowney is the Dolphins. So since Robert Quinn left, this would be a huge gain. And Robert Quinn let Robert Quinn left. He went to the Cowboys. The Cowboys let him go. Um, and so this would be a really good game for the Dolphins, who are trying to do a whole lot of rebuilding after, like I said, a few like a year or two ago, trading away Robert Quinn, um, uh, uh, and Mika Fitzpatrick, and just they like traded away just so many good players that they had and left them with almost nothing and just to slowly rebuild. And they did that part a lot really good in the draft. They had a really good draft and could possibly start to turn this around, but it will, I think it will still take a, take a couple of years for them to get full, uh, turned back around. Yeah, the Dolphins are in full-on rebuild mode. Uh, like you said, traded Minka Fitzpatrick uh, specifically and also traded Robert, let go of Robert Quinn um, last offseason, went to the Cowboys, and now is on the Bears. But uh, – the Dolphins are slowly improving. They're starting to get really, really not re- – they're not going to be really good immediately. But with Brian Flores as their head coach, with uh, Tua Tagovailoa, don't know if he'll be the starter day one, but they'll have him probably – they'll probably groom him under 
Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year and then put him in the starting position next year. They would help a young improve Clowney would help a young improving team become even stronger and probably finish that rebuild for them after Tua gets settled in. And if he signs there, he could probably be the finishing piece for that rebuild. All right, and then the final team that uh, Clowney could possibly go to um, is the Ravens. Now, that would kind of almost just be unfair <laughs> at the point. And also, like I was saying with uh, Jamal Adams, that'd be messed up to have like Earl Thomas, Jamal Adams, and uh, Jadamian Clowney on their team. And again, Davis, I have right here salary cap with three exclamation marks written on here because at least in a year or two, there's going to be quite, there's going to be Marquise Brown and uh, Lamar Jackson and Earl Thomas and Jamal Adams if they get him, Jadamian Clowney if they get him. Uh, all these people are going to be demanding um, um, contract renewals and possibly hold out, and they're not going to have enough money to repay everyone. So. That's why I feel like they wouldn't get him just so that they would have to, they, so that's really so that they wouldn't almost like get attached to one person and then just have to let him go or whatever. And so that that way they can, they can just uh, forget about it and have to focus on the players that they have right now, considering they're already in Super Bowl contention. Yeah. And not to mention, they also got Calias Campbell uh, in the off season and putting him in uh clowny on opposite sides of the uh, defensive line would be, Absolutely insane. Having Earl Thomas and possibly Jamal Adams back there would also be absolutely insane. Then having that elite offense would be absolutely insane. And I think if the Ravens are in win-now mode, which they probably are, I think this is a move that they're going to have to probably take. Now, in a few years, will the salary cap probably go under? Will they probably have to make some changes because of the salary cap? Yes, if they make these moves. But if they're in win-now mode, which they probably are, I think this is a move they have to pull the trigger on. Now, I'm not saying they have to pull the trigger on the Jamal Adams move, but if they get Jamal Adams, I think that's even more the reason to go get Jadavion Clowney. Uh, I think it just comes down to the front office and the coaching staff. If they want, if they feel like they can win with who they have right now, then there's no need to get either of them. If they feel like they need an extra piece, then they could get one of them or both of them. Uh, in order to win because, like you said, they're huge contenders. All right. Uh, and that wraps it up for Jadavian Clowney. Um, the next person we have about, about possible like with trades and free agency is Colin Kaepernick. He has been out of the league for a while now uh, after being placed uh, on uh, as a backup for some teams. Uh, the, the main – realistically, the only team that's actually really looking at him is – and I don't really get this is the Chargers, because uh, he they just got Justin Herbert in the in the draft, and he's a really good quarterback. So they're not in need for a quarterback. Um, so, and another reason is because Colin Kaepernick's old. He's not as mobile as he used to be. He's out of shape because he wasn't. He hasn't been in the NFL, which also makes him under the category of rusty. So the reason that I think the only reason is because the the Chargers are just looking at him. But I'm not sure if anyone will actually get him because of how long he's been out of the league and is kind of rusty. Yeah, and this isn't anything about, like, what he did because, really, he's just not that great of a quarterback. I mean, definitely he's he's obviously good because he's an NFL-caliber quarterback. But for NFL, he's not that great. Um, he hasn't played in a few years. I think it's been four years. And uh, his workout that he had – Earlier this year or last, late, late later last year, he didn't look great in that. It was more the receivers that were making the good plays. And like you said, with the Chargers, obviously they have Justin Herbert, but they also have Terod Taylor, who will probably end up being the starter for them. And if they really, really want a third quarterback, why don't they sign Cam Newton or Jameis Winston, who are two quarterbacks that are much better than Kaepernick and that are also available? Right. All right, so next, the final news about trades, uh, free agency stuff. In really free agency or trades, it's uh, Dak finally uh, signed a franchise tag of $31.4 million to stay on the Cowboys. So I'm really happy about that. Wish we could have just forgone the franchise tag and just focused on actually getting his contract uh, uh, renewal, but that will probably come next year, and hopefully we can actually uh, focus on getting um, – uh, a reasonable offer, and even if we don't realistically, 
think about it. We get the franchise tag this year. Next year, if he's still demanding a lot of money and we we don't think he's worth that much, we can like drop him and possibly get we could trade him and possibly get like a first round pick. We could trade him to someone like the um I don't know, the ground like the Chargers or anyone like or anyone who's like in desperate need of a quarterback. We could trade him for like a first rounder and possibly depending upon who that person was, possibly trade up to get Trevor Lawrence or someone like that. And it's just like there are endless options we could do next year. Hopefully we still keep Dak, but if he's still demanding more money, then that's always another option. Dak is an elite quarterback, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Cowboys fan. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. People act like he's not that good, but really he's he's really good. And uh, I think signing this 31.4 million franchise tender obviously helps him because he was still on his rookie deal where he's only making two million. Now he's making 31.4 million, so that's a lot more money than he was making last week. And uh. Yeah, they are in talks for a long-term deal. I know that he wants four years. Cowboys want to give him five years. And uh, I think the reason why they haven't made a deal yet is because they paid Zeke too much. Uh, I knew that they probably shouldn't have paid Zeke as much as they paid him because, really, Zeke only has probably, like, at most five years left of him being elite, and then he'll probably wear down like every other running back. And so I think that – giving him that much money was probably not the smartest move because now Dak wants a lot of money. Cooper wants a lot of money. Uh, in the future, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderish, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, all those guys. And so that – but right now for Dak, I think that it's good that he signed the franchise tender and he won't hold out. Hopefully they can get a long-term deal because Dak is a really good quarterback and I'm fine with having him as my quarterback. And I'm looking forward to what he can do. This year for the Cowboys under his first year with Mike McCarthy, and then in the future if they're able to get that long-term deal. All right, now moving away from the NFL, we have a little bit of college football news. Uh, not a whole lot. We got some recruitment news later. Uh, so just to start out, we got some, we got some uh, news. Uh, there's LSU. They have or confirmed 30 cases of COVID in their facilities. Um, UT has confirmed 15 cases of COVID in their facilities. Um, Texas A&M had some, but not a lot. Uh, and whenever you, you – we'll get, we'll get to some more of those later. But, Davis, what do you think about that so far? Yeah, also Clemson had 23 football players, 28 total athletes. Um, the report I saw for LSU, it didn't say 30 cases. It just said 30 players were in quarantine. So I don't know if that changed or not. But uh, that's the report I saw. Uh, for all of the guys, hope they're able to be healed, hope they're able to be back to normal because, like I said earlier, the way things are going right now, if people in the leagues keep on catching it, they're probably not going to be able to play. So hopefully they'll all be fine uh, by the end of the month, middle of July, uh, so that they can get started with football. But, again, they need to be able to be what's safe for the players, what's safe for the fans. And if it's not safe for them to play, then I'm totally fine with that. I'll be mad, I'll be angry, I'll be sad. But in the end, when it comes to a bad sickness like this, you just got to do what you got to do to help the players. And I know that it will be hard, but, yeah. Right. not saying that it will happen, though. Right. Okay, so some more news. Uh, UT, cornerback uh, Anthony Cook has left the program. Uh, we're not entirely sure why. Uh, Davis, you have some more news on that, right? Yeah, a few weeks ago he tweeted out that he won't be playing another snap for Texas. Then uh, it was either later that night or earlier in the next morning. Um, he deleted that tweet, and uh, some Texas players came out saying that it was all a misunderstanding and stuff. And then we didn't really hear much about it for a couple weeks. And then um, earlier – Today, it just the reports said that um, he has entered the transfer portal. Multiple reports said that, um, and that he's no longer with the program. So that's kind of uh, interesting. Actually, Inside Texas was the first to report the story that he's leaving the program. So that's a big loss for Texas. I heard that uh, the I think it was either the day or that week that he first tweeted out that he won't be playing a snap. He was actually passed up in the depth chart by uh, I think it was Chris Adamora 
So that could be a reason why he could be upset about his playing time, or it could be another reason. Mm-hmm. All right, so next we got uh, a few quick news uh, stuff to uh, starting to wrap up uh, this episode. Uh, we got UT uh, players are now wanting to stop singing the Eyes of Texas due to a racial meaning behind it. Uh, UT is talking about renaming a section of the stadium for the first African-American letterman to play football at UT. His name is Julius Whittier. So what do you think about that? Yeah, the Eyes of Texas part, I think that uh, when it comes down to traditions, if the traditions have bad backgrounds and if you're just doing it for a tradition, then there's really no need to have a tradition. Uh, if they have bad history and if they, you're just doing it to do it. And then for um, Julius Whittier renaming that uh, part of the stadium, they perfect. They have a south end zone coming in. Uh, they're finishing up building it right now. Just slap his name on it. Easy, done. And, yeah. All right. So, next we got Texano. Uh, some news in that. Uh, Kellen Mond says he needs to see changes happening with some stuff that's been happening with some of the statues and other things around that campus with many former players, including Johnny Manziel. I believe Von Miller did as well back him up on that. So, there's that. Yeah, I also, I also heard that Mond requested that the core of Texas A&M be defunded. I don't really – I think the core is like the military people at Texas A&M, and I think he asked that they be defunded because of some uh, racist stuff that had happened either in their history or right now. So like, they need, they definitely need to get that figured out, sorted out, and do whatever's best for the program, do whatever's best to help promote equality because we need equality in our world. Right. All right. Uh. So next we got um. So next we got uh, some stuff with Mississippi. Mississippi is now banned from having uh, championship-level college play, uh, including March Madness or national championships. Um, They never had one, and realistically, um, uh, they never – I really don't think they really ever would have because there's not really – you think about it, I mean, Mississippi has Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and – I mean, I don't. They, I think they used to play a bowl game in Mississippi, but stopped a few years ago. And also there in Mississippi, Kylon Hill, Mississippi State running back, says that if Mississippi does not change their flag due to part of their flag being from the Confederacy, he will not play for their school. Yeah, uh, the SEC, like you said, not holding championships until the state changes the flag. Um, I know that Mississippi State and Ole Miss have both asked the state to change the flag for a few years now. So it's not just like this thing that all of a sudden popped up. It's been happening for a while. And I think I read somewhere that early in the 2000s, there was a poll, uh, a vote to remove the flag and some in uh, the vote again uh, for keeping the flag ended up winning. Uh, it kind of blows me away that they still have the flag because you can't promote that uh, history in our country, and uh, so again, Kylan Hill, like you said, he rushed for 1,350 yards and 10 touchdowns last year, so that'll be a big blow if he doesn't play for Mississippi State. I don't know if he'll just sit out, if he'll stop playing football, or if he'll transfer, but uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's it for Mississippi. All right, not co- uh, this is uh, this next bit of news is not college football, but college basketball. Uh, it's, uh, the top basketball recruit, uh, Cade Cunningham, is still going to Oklahoma State after being banned from tourney play. Yeah, uh, they're punished because their former associate head coach $150 to $22,000 in bribes to steer Oklahoma State players from South Carolina. The punishment is a one-year postseason ban. That's this season as well as having three less scholarships from the 2020-2021 season through the 2022-2023 season. They will appeal, but like you said, Cade Cunningham will stay loyal and will not flip his commitment from Oklahoma State, which is big ups to the part of him because the majority of guys would change because they did not have the chance to play in the tourney. Right. All right. So next thing, we have some, what I just, I don't know, what's just called pausings or something, I guess. Iowa is pausing ticket sales until they have a definite answer on the upcoming season, which is really smart. I think almost everyone is psychologically doing that just because um, they don't know what's going to happen. So why, like, 
not really waste your money because you probably would get a refund, but po- possibly risk not getting a refund. Uh, and also pausing uh, Kansas State is pausing workouts, uh, even though the facilities were open on June 15th. Yeah, and that's just due to COVID, obviously. Hopefully that COVID will be able to kind of die down and they'll be able to re- resume and the season will be able to start on time. All right, now the next bit of news is that the uh, Belk Bowl has been renamed to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, I couldn't actually find a real reason for this. Uh, I'm not sure if you found one, Davis, but uh, this bowl is always usually played in Charlotte, but it just got renamed, renamed to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah, Duke's Mayo probably just paid enough money. I uh, wonder if the winning head coach will get Mayo dumped on him, but that would be pretty nasty. <laughs> that would be very nasty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so the uh, the season opener uh, of this year's college football season was scheduled on September 3rd between Louisville uh, and uh, NC State. Uh, it has now been moved to September 2nd, so woohoo! If it, if uh, uh, the season does happen, we get to start one day earlier, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, it was the first Power 5, Power 5 matchup. I know there were some smaller matchups like earlier in the week, but they actually moved it due to the Kentucky Derby which is taking place on September 3rd at Churchill Downs, which is in close proximity to Cardinal Stadium of Louisville, which is where the game will be played at. All right, so now to wrap up the podcast episode, because this one's kind of gone a little bit longer, but who doesn't need more sports, right? (laughs) So uh, now we just have some recruitment stuff. Um, The number one overall, uh, or number one 2021 quarterback recruit, Caleb Williams, he is to make his decision between Maryland, LSU, and Oklahoma on July 4th of this year. So there's that. Um, and then I, I guess I'll just let you uh, put your input on this after I just – I'll just read them down and then you can put, uh, put your input on uh, them. Uh, next is Jalen Davies, uh, he, uh, 2021 12th-ranked cornerback, commits to Oregon. Uh, the next one is 2021 number two wide receiver Troy Franklin commits to Oregon. Uh, 2021 uh, five-star offensive lineman J.C. Latham commits to Alabama. Uh, this is a bigger bit of news is that J.T. Daniels, uh, who he had some injury problems last year at USC, but he was he transfers to Georgia. Um, and then the last two are also 2021 uh, recruits to Texas. Uh, the first one is a four-star safety J.D. Co- uh, Coffey. And the other one is a four-star cornerback, Ishmael Ibrahim. Yeah, uh, Caleb Williams, uh, obviously, he's a great quarterback recruit. I think that his uh, crystal ball prediction on 247 Sports is 100% Oklahoma, which will be bad for me as a Texas fan. Um, because if he's top-ranked quarterback recruit, that means he's pretty good. For you as a Maryland fan, I guess you, you'll probably really want him to go there. And LSU, uh, he'll probably if he does go there, We'll probably come in uh, next season and replace uh, Joe Burrow just with a year in between. And then Jalen DeVees and Troy Franklin both committing to Oregon. Those are two really, really big pickups for Oregon. Uh, five-star offensive lineman J.C. Latham going, going to Alabama. That's another really good pickup to help beef up an Alabama offensive line that's always traditionally good. J.T. Jan- Daniels, quarterback, transferring from USC to Georgia. That's big for Georgia because now – they have two good quarterbacks coming in after losing uh, Jake Fromm to the NFL. They have uh, Jamie Newman, who's transferring from Wake Forest, and Daniels, who's transferring from USC. They'll both battle it out. Um, we'll see who ends up winning that job on day one. Kind of interesting that they both that uh, Daniels transferred there after knowing that Newman is already transferred there, but who knows. Um, and then J.D. Coffey, four-star, and Ishmael Ibrahim, four-star both committing to Texas, two big pickups for Texas. I know that Ibrahim, it's only like his – he's only played cornerback for like two seasons, and he's already a four-star, so he's got really good, really good potential. And I've heard uh, J.D. Coffey has been compared to a little less athletic Caden Stearns, which Caden Stearns is a very good defensive back for Texas, so I'll take it. Um, Yeah, so those are two really good pickups for Texas, and pickups for all those teams really good, and – We'll find out who uh, Caleb Williams commits to. We'll find that out on July 4th. All right. 
Well, that wraps up this episode. I had a really good time. Uh, next uh, next month, we'll have another uh, episode around the same time. Uh, join us then. We'll get to find out where Caleb Williams goes and our intake on it. And so, yeah. All right. I'll see you guys. Thank you.